Welcome to the road to growth, success of an entrepreneur. We've raised the bar. Learn firsthand from successful business owners and create your own path to success. I'm going to show you how great I am. It's time to hit the road to growth with team lead of the Enriquez Group, Realtor Vinny. Great to be here. So let's go for it, man. So how would you I mean, what's the best way when someone asks you, Harry, what do you do? What What's your what's your uh, response? Well, my, my response is, is that what we do is a little bit unique. Um, we do the, the buzzwords are, you know, asset protection planning, you know, protecting people's assets from the claims of third party creditors. Extremely important. Advanced estate planning, business transactions. But it's the way in which we do it that is a differentiator uh, from most other firms. It's a very, very important area of the law. You know, America has gone litigation crazy. You know, in 2019, there were 50 million lawsuits filed in the United States of America. And my God, I think someone, you know, everyone's playing offense and we play a real good defense. Well, did you, let's, I mean, let's talk about a young Harry, rewind it. I mean, did, did young Harry have a plan to become uh, an attorney? Well, yes and no. So young, young, young Harry, I uh, got out of college and um, needed a job. So young Harry wanted a desk job. And so back in the day, and this is back, way back in the day, a long time ago, uh, I went to an employment agency and they said, hey, yeah, we got a great job for you over at the Metropolitan Life, selling life insurance. Uh, Harry didn't even know what life insurance was. Harry was a 20-year-old kid. And uh, and then, and, and I, and, I sold life insurance and I realized that there was a lot more to it than that, that there was more of a holistic approach, that there was more than a one product approach, that there were investment opportunities for people. But more importantly, people needed planning because the question was, you know, how much life insurance? How can I say even young people, because all young couples at the time that I work with, you know, how much money do I have to set aside for those that were responsible enough to think about retirement in the future? That morphed over time, um, and I very, very early on uh, set up my own independent financial planning practice. As a matter of fact, uh, at the time that I was one of the first certified financial planners in America, long before it was popular, matter of fact, at that time we were in Miami, and uh, I was the only certified financial planner in Dade County, Florida. And hmm. It was it was kind of unique at that time, and but the planning was all about um, helping people uh, define and set goals and objectives for themselves, um, analyzing those goals and objectives as to where they are in relation to those goals, and then through a uh, client centric uh, process, trying to find the paths that the, the client was most comfortable with in meeting all of the goals, which was, you know, cash flow planning, risk management, financial independence slash retirement planning, estate planning, and tax planning. And that was, in essence, a financial plan. And that's the way in which, so people would hire me and the firm began to grow uh, doing that model. But I had a problem. The problem was, is that for a great amount of the, interaction that came from the financial planning process, I had to work with lawyers. And, you know, to, you know, if there was a partnership, as you call it, 
uh, I needed a buy-sell agreement you know, between the partners, or as I like to call them, a control agreement. And I would give it to a lawyer, and the lawyer would rarely uh, return the phone call. They would be, you know, uh, like, you know, give me the business and hand me the business, not building relationships whatsoever, but give them the business. And so I had to do that. And then, you know, one part of my process was to discuss their um, estate planning. And so we had wills and trusts, as basic as they were back then, those had to be crafted by a lawyer. I'm not a lawyer, I'm a financial planner. And, you know, there's a line where I could advise as to what they need, but they needed to go to a lawyer to get it done. And then in the area of risk management, which was very important where we look at all the various different insurances, we also had to take a look at their structure, where they were a corporation, of course, there weren't LLCs back then where there a limited partnership, a general partnership, a sole proprietor. What was the way in which they held their assets from a risk management perspective? And when we kind of defined how that should be, we had to go to the lawyer. So we found out that uh, over a period of time, that uh, even back in the early 80s, that we were probably um, giving just slightly less than half million dollars a year of revenue to lawyers who, to me, um, were one-trick ponies. There's a lot of dissatisfaction, but I, I was no choice. I couldn't do it. I didn't, I didn't have a law license. So I said, you know what? Maybe I should get a law license. So as you could see, the kernels of practice were already there. Estate planning was already there. Risk management was already there. The tra business transactions was already there in the financial planning practice. I said, now maybe I can add law, and that was a quite a my, my this that was quite a challenge. I, I married children. I had a full blown financial planning practice, and I head off to law school. I went at night, went weekends, went summers, went in between, and I completed law school in um, uh, two and a half years, actually, um, which is surprising. And it took the bar, passed the bar. And then so I added law immediately to an existing private practice. And when I added law, I said to myself, you know, I want to change the paradigm. I want to make it different. I want to make the client experience different. And so we began to practice law, or I began to, but it was just me at the time, um, practice law the same way I practice financial planning. In other words, what were the goals and the objectives for the client? You know, where were they at along the way for their goals and their objectives? And we're back. Okay, I lost you there for a moment. Um, so, you know, and then I began to offer legal services based upon a master holistic plan. No one had ever done that before, all right? Clients were, or prior to that, you know, they would see their financial advisor, they'd see their attorney, they'd see their accountant, and everyone looked at a little piece of the picture. But sadly, no one had the whole picture. Hmm. My goal was to get the whole picture of the client and then coordinate the disciplines to fulfill the bigger picture. And boy, it was a hit. Uh, it was nothing like it. 
So it was a hit in two ways. It was a hit in the marketplace because entrepreneurs, uh, professionals, high-paid individuals, and even not-so-high-paid individuals liked that approach. They felt more comfortable that everything was custom-tailored for them and that whether it be legal, the legal processes that were chosen were chosen based upon goals and objectives, and they were preemptive rather than reactive. That's a very important point. Most people at, at that time and, and still today um, have a problem. They, you know, they crash the car, they kill three people. So better call the lawyer. Or they got sued in business. Better call the lawyer. Or they're getting divorced. Better call the lawyer. Or they have trouble with the IRS. Better call the lawyer. These are all in reaction to a problem at hand. That's when the lawyer comes on board. In our practice, and in my approach, is completely just the opposite. Let's do all the planning to help prevent us from getting as much as we can uh, away from the reactive but preactive, proactive planning. This was unheard of in the legal business. You know, it's a, did you have a car accident? You know, call so-and-so. You know, we can, we can help get money for you. So this was completely different. Um, and, it, and like I said, it was, um, it was, it was very attractive uh, to the target market that we were looking for. There was nothing like it in the marketplace. And to today, there's still not a lot in the marketplace that's look, that looks as we look as, as a firm. But something else happened too, which was part of the questions that you asked. And that is, um, as my business or practice grew bigger and bigger, I couldn't do it alone. So I had to add help. You know, I had to add paralegals and I had to add lawyers. Now, I didn't add lawyers uh, as other people added lawyers. I added lawyers because I couldn't handle the workload that I had. And... So first it was one, then it was two, then it was three, then it was four. And I mentored them in the same processes and principles that I did for myself. So for a new lawyer or a lawyer um, that wanted to get into the space that we were in, that unique space, we offered a great opportunity. And as a result of that, uh, think about it, law firm is now, the law firm is now um, 30 some odd years old, under single ownership, not a long spaghetti name, uh, 30 solid years of doing that. And we have uh, gone from one lawyer to close to 30 lawyers. Um, and we also have a staff of um, ancillary professionals, exit strategists, CPAs, financial planners, in addition to the lawyers that we have in providing a holistic approach for the client. So we offered a unique work environment for, for those that wanted to work in that area. And uh, we offered a unique uh, system and process for a client that really wanted to plan for their future, uh, combining all of those disciplines. And it has worked very well. All right. So there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff to unpack there. So we're going to rewind a little bit on this. Sure. Um, all right. So going back to you starting the financial planning business, right? You're yes. in your early 20s. Then you said over time, you kind of built out a business. 
at the point in time when you actually started take, going to law school, you were giving away about half a million dollars worth uh, of business to probably in 1989, 1990 dollars. The answer is yes. Okay, that's a lot so of money. That, so, so if you're giving away half a million dollars, your business is doing really well for itself. I would yeah. assume, right? So you were a salesperson before you became basically a leader. It sounds like. I mean, what was that transition of being well, a salesperson? Not really, because I've I was always, you know, I I, I let me let me try to art, articulate that for you. Yeah, I've for all intents and purposes after like a year or so, just maybe only a year, maybe two, in the insurance business, I have was in private practice. So I was a practitioner uh, of my craft, which at that time was comprehensive financial planning. Mm. And in comprehensive financial planning, um, I wouldn't say, uh, I think every single professional is a salesperson to some degree, because if someone is not utilizing, doesn't understand the services, if you don't clearly articulate the services that you're providing and why it's good for them and they will be better off by using that, you don't have a client. So... You have, as, as you and I would refer to it, you have the areas of uh, business development and having uh, potential new clients coming through the door to talk to us about our services. And at the same time, I was a practitioner providing those services uh, to that client. So it was never, it was, I, I think even today, um, for as big as we've become, all of us, um, every single one of my professionals you could consider to be a salesperson. And I just had a training uh, with my group the other day, and I said, you could be the most academically educated person in the room, and you can have the most integrity of anyone in the room. But if nobody knows what you do and how you do it, no one's going to hire you. And then what happens for the person that is articulating that who may not be the most educated person in the room and may not have the greatest integrity if they're reaching out and articulating what they do better than what you do, they get the business and you don't. So you have to sell in your store the services that you have and why they should choose you. I think that's critical. So I think I think every professional is a salesperson. And, and I th and I mean I think that any good professional is a salesperson and should be. I mean, mm -hmm. um, now usually, I mean, usually you have someone that's either analytical, that's good at like systematic. Other times, you have someone that's maybe more outgoing personality, like a high D. That's that's kind of more out out there. For yourself, were you more of kind of systematic? Were you more outgoing? I mean, what was your personality type? Oh, my personality type is and remains expressive and outgoing. Um, um, I have to be analytic, um, in the work that I do. Mm. Um, but my heart is building relationships with people. And let me, let me explain that. Now I have analysts that work for me, the tax analysts and the risk analysts that all work for me and lawyers that are some, they're technicians. That's what they do. They're good at, I hate it. They love it. Great. We all we all need them. Um, but I, but I, I think when you have two similarly situated professionals 
Dr. A, Dr. B, lawyer A, lawyer B, accountant A, accountant B. The client, the potential new client, will hire the one that they feel most comfortable with as far as the relationship is concerned. The difference is, is that most lawyers didn't grow up in the financial world. They grew up in the legal world. I grew up in the financial world. And in the financial world, the difference between broker A and broker B or financial planner A and financial planner B, they had the same products, the same mutual funds, the same stocks. Everything was all the same. What was the difference? The difference was the way in which they processed them for a client. And more importantly, which one was able to build a relationship? Which one became the trusted advisor? Which one was the one that's sitting at the kitchen table with everybody else that the client would turn to when they had to make a big decision? So my goal, and has been for myself and for all of my colleagues, to always be that trusted advisor, to be the person at the kitchen table, whether they're a $400 million net worth and famous, you know, or they're you know, a hundred thousand dollar net worth and not so famous. They still and 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 it's funny because we try to treat our new clients, uh, you know, of modest income the same as we did in the beginning and the same as we do uh five hundred million dollar clients. So it's I think it's all about relationships. And without relationships, there's nothing. You talked about the the idea of this is how we do things. This is our process. This is what we do, right? Mm-hmm. Building a, a roadmap for anyone that comes onto your team, building a roadmap for any of your admin, building a roadmap for any attorney, building a roadmap for whoever it is, takes time. I mean, so was it you putting the time in to build these 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 yeah. manuals, these roadmaps, or did you yes. have someone else that you? No, no, it was me. So what I did is I I tried my my uh, practice uh, was built by walking into walls. You know, I walk into a wall, get a bloody nose. I, this is not a good idea. So that's the word that we both know and love. It's called experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, the thing that frustrates me as frustrates many is I'm, thank God, not the one that it's the first time every time. Once I get a bloody nose, I've learned from that and know not to walk into that wall again. So over the years, um, I've managed to uh, develop processes. And the processes, um, I believe, uh, m- maybe delusionally believe, um, are transferable to others. So, so what we've done is kind of codified uh, the processes that I've used. So I have them. I have them on uh, video. Um, I have them. Um, I wrote a book uh, called 21st Century Law Practice, which talks about a practice such as ours. I have that. I have another book called Planning Today for All Your Tomorrows. I haven't, haven't updated them in a long, long time now, but they're out there. And so, so yes, we have a process. Uh, I've codified that, and I've tried to teach that as a mentor to my colleagues. One of the benefits of joining my firm is that I would mentor them. Now, of course, you hit the nail on the head. It's a little challenging when you're doing all the things that I have to do to find the time necessary to mentor them. We are not, to use a sports analogy, we are not a farm club, our our firm. We're major leagues. So you got to be able to play your position when you get to the firm. And you have to be a self-starter. 
You know you're going to have limited time with me. You're going to have a limited amount of mentorship. But if I give you the mentorship and then and then you run with it, and then you look at all the resources that we have that are available for you to look at, and you run with it and you expand upon that, you're going to grow quite a practice yourself. So I've created numerous mentored practices that are similar in growth trajectory, except faster than I was able to do it because they don't have to walk onto the wall and get a bloody nose because I did it for them. So I share that with them and some lips says, listen, and some don't. So, I mean, I think for any business owner, right? If you're, if you're growing, right, you're going to get a lot of bloody noses like you talked about. Oh, sure. Right? Um, and your process of informing your team with basically the different bloody noses that they could be getting that you're going to steer them away from has probably changed over the years. And someone today might not get a, get the the understanding of a bloody nose that happened to you 10 years ago or 20 years ago. So what does that process look like now when something happens? How do you go, hey, you know what? I need to make sure this is top of mind when I'm mentoring someone. Hey, I've done this before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, there's two, there's two sides to that. So in the, you have the, the practical side of process which is the actual practice of law. And that has changed. You know, court cases happen, societal norms shift. Um, that changes. Um, but humans, not so much. Yeah. Human relations, not so much. Shaking a hand and building a relationship in 1952 is not much different than shaking a hand and building a relationship in 2022, except sometimes we could do it virtually today, where then they couldn't do it virtually. So, and I'm not, and we and we have to measure the impact of that new paradigm that came for all of us in the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. um, that paradigm shift into a, a virtual environment, but yeah, it changes, um, and that's continued uh, mentorship uh, for. My group of people and some of the things that you know i remember uh, years and years and years ago i mean my god you know we would sometimes pick up the phone and call somebody you know who came off of a list and offer them our services and it was a numbers game I don't do that anymore that's all changed now but we do have top of mind now you have constant contact and other types of um uh, call it electronic media that allow us to and uh, con you know contact management systems that allow us to drip information to people that we've become in contact with and, and i've learned it's not all about selling them things at all mm -hmm. um, it's all about providing some really valuable information if they want to use the services or feel they need the services they'll reach out but our job is to provide um good information we are constantly providing information. We've, I think we have, I don't know, a couple hundred YouTubes uh, that we have out there that are different aspects, specialized areas that we talk about. So a library uh, of, of information is helpful. White papers, helpful. Blogs are helpful. But I, I think it's, it's all about, and I think you know this to be true, education and information, not about sales. Although we call it sale, the net result is, again, if someone doesn't come through the door, uh, whether it be a virtual door or a physical door, and they don't hire you 
as a firm to help fulfill their needs, uh, you never get a chance to be a good lawyer for them or a bad lawyer for them. You're not their lawyer. You don't have a chance to perform. You don't have a chance to show them what they do. You have to get someone to be confident enough who's not a direct referral from somebody else uh, who they know and love to turn around and reach out and, 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 uh, and hire your firm. And I think we have a good process for that uh, from, you know, hi, I'm Harry, all the way through to thank you for the referrals. And um, it's, it's really a question of can we help? If we can help, it becomes obvious that they'll hire us. The information that you're providing, right? Again, the, the process has probably changed over the years. Yet when a topic comes up that you go, this is a good nugget that I want to provide to the masses. Do you jot it down? Does your team tell you, hey, here are some questions that we've been getting. We want you to send all, out all, the process all, all, all the above. So it, it happens because I don't work in the abstract. I work with clients. Mm. You know, I am a practicing attorney working with, like I said, at least 20 some odd clients a week, uh, 80 clients a month. That's a lot. That, that Believe me, that's the edge of my capacity. And so from my audience, from my constituency, I see the problems, you know, and, you know, when someone's making it, there's a change in a referendum in California that's going to impact, you know, the transition of property from one generation to the next, like we just had, for example, in Proposition 19. It's not a secret. And I did a, a symposium um, for the State Bar of California on Proposition 19. I became an expert in that I knew it was an area. And people said, oh, my God, Harry, what are, what are you going to do? You're going to speak to the State Bar of California it's full of judges and lawyers. And I said, yeah, no problem. And many of those people now refer to us and when it comes to those areas. But it required the spade work in order to, you know, the, the lost weekends in voluminous papers, gaining and garnering the knowledge to do so. So, so yeah, it's changed uh, very much over time. But the, what the thing that's changed the most is the ability to uh, reach so many people like you and I will reach with this through the mediums that we now have available. That is new. And to not capitalize on that, I mean, new. It's the last 20 some odd years, 20, 25 years. But uh, not capitalize on that as a mistake to get, get the message out. Um, and to try to get the message out that is not, like I said, you know, drinking from a fire hose, but really good information um, for, for potential clients to listen to, gain something. Of course, we always have to put the admonition in, you know, this is, you know, you get legal advice from a lawyer, you don't get legal advice from the internet. Um, you know, because when I'm speaking, like we're speaking now, I'm speaking in generalities. Yeah. Everything that we talk about, anything that's specific, really relates to an individual's goals and objectives. You know, it's like um, when they put all these drug uh, commercials on the TV in the morning on Fox News, you got this, you got that. Those are all great, but they, they, they're talking to a, a broad audience of, across the country while the physician is talking about how that drug applies to you. And I think that that's today, you know, and in the financial world, you know, you have all these guys like, Kramer and the others, and we're just throwing all kinds of financial information out uh, over the air, but it's not for you. It's just in general, and there's no responsibility if it doesn't match up for you. It's just 
one way throwing it out. And any advisor in any profession needs to take all that information and distill it to how it applies to your client. And that's what the role is. And that's what our law firm does. And we're not reactive, we're proactive. And uh, I think, and, and also to get people to spend money on proactive legal planning when they feel they don't need it, it's when it's most effective. It's like people buying life insurance. You know, they, they have a heart attack, they almost died, now they wanna buy life insurance. It's kind of the wrong time. You know, or the house is burning and they want to buy fire insurance or they just killed somebody on the freeway and now they want to make sure that their assets are protected. Not the way it works. The way it works is we need to be proactive and preemptive. And you have to get people to have the foresight in order to do that. And that's done through education, information and consultation. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. I think there's so much information out there now that sometimes you can get overwhelmed by it. And mm -hmm. so it's actually having a trusted source that you can actually take on information, but still being willing to call that source to hear about your actual plan. Sure. Um, what about, I mean, over the 50 years, what have you seen as the biggest hurdle that you've had to work through in building your, in building your business and your brand? Well, I, I think the biggest hurdle um, that we face, um, you know, there are multitudes of hurdles. Um you know, people ask me, and, I, and I, you, you, I'll give this to you so all your viewers can have it. I'll, then I'll get back to your question. They asked me, you know, how's business going? Oh, yeah. I tell them, you know, 65% of it is going exactly as planned. 17.5% of it is going way better than ever anticipated. And 17.5% is going like crap. So, and I think every business faces those same percentages. The biggest hurdle um, that we face um, in practice is dealing with um, the ever-growing bureaucracy in America. You know, we have nothing but bureaucracies, uh, assessor's offices and IRS and franchise tax board and state regulatory agencies and oversight. You know, there's just so much over-regulation that um, it puts handcuffs. And, 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 and that has gotten... Um, much. It used to be easy to do business in America. It's not easy to do business in America. Matter of fact, I think we're ranked like 30th or 40th in the world, you hmm. know, as a place to do business. And I think uh, other places like in New Zealand, you know, in Australia, just as an example, it's pretty easy to do business there. It's easy to the California, especially difficult to do business in, in, in California. So I think that over the years, the the increased regulatory morass has made it more difficult. Um, and, I, and, I, and I think that the other thing is what uh, I told you about is the uh, onslaught, the pounding of information uh, from the internet. Um, it just, it's just, it's just, a, 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 just a, a giant iceberg of, of information that, is in isolation and mm. and that it used to be we knew because we studied 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 and studied some more and our potential client didn't know and so we would educate them and then we'd make decisions today now because of the googles and the internets and all the information that's available everybody knows 
everybody has all the answers to everything. And then to uh, put the help, help a client put that in perspective is what a true professional does do. And that's become more challenging. That's something we didn't have to deal with in the past that we definitely have to deal with today. The overload of not necessarily relevant information. I can't tell you how many times I've said to a client, yep, that's really good. That's really, really true. That's, that's really true about that particular uh, legal process, but it's not relevant for you. It doesn't work for you for the following reasons. So um, that's new. That's new and that has gotten worse um, over time. Not that it's bad. I mean, it opens up a discourse, but um, it depends on the nature of the client too as to whether the client could accept that their research and the information that they have is just a formative but not conclusive while other people, as you know, We'll take that information from allegedly, we'll call it a credible source and call it as conclusive. And then our job as shifts saying that doesn't work for you. And this is the detriment. And it kind of it, it kind of creates a bit of a conflicting scenario with your own client. That's a challenge that we've that that we, we have to get good at and get better at as time goes by. Harry, thank you so much for, for being on the Roach Growth Podcast. If someone's listening right now and they're looking to take in some of that information that you're providing out there, what's the best way of them getting more information? Yeah, well, we have a couple things. We have a lot of information and we also offer complimentary consultations. So let me give you a couple of contact spots. Mm -hmm. So first, it's Harry at BarthAttorneys.com, B-A-R-T-H-A-T-T-O-R-N-E-Y-S.com. Uh, that will work. And then the other way they can always give us a call, 714-704-4828. That will work. Um, Or they could just look us up on the web at www.varthattorneys.com. And we'd be more than happy to chat with them further. And it was a pleasure working with you today. I I just want to finish up one, just simple one last question right here. Sure. If if you could look back, I know it's been a little bit of time. You could look back on young Harry, that one that started the business, and you were mentoring him on him building his his business. Is there any kind of words of wisdom that you'd provide to him? That's a that's a really 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 good question, and yes, there is. So um, when I when I first got started, um, we were a one trick pony. All right, we sold life insurance, and then. I expanded into uh, financial planning, but it was limited and then more expansive. So diversity, I think, is very, very important because if you're a one trick pony and that one trick is modified or changed or eliminated by law, then you don't have any business anymore. Mm -hmm. So I think multiple um, avenues of, uh, uh, of education and profession are important. I think that if you are, um, you know, an attorney that uh, just deals with uh, matrimonial matters, uh, I think there's pre-matrimonial powers, prenups, postnups, there's divorces, there are, what do you do with the children? I just think that you need to be more than a one-trick pony in order to provide great information to a client. And I would have, and I would have liked to have known that earlier. Well, again, thank you, Harry, for being here. Uh, I know everyone here got some some great nuggets right there. 
go in the show notes. In the show notes, you'll find all of Harry's information. Get the information. I know for myself, I'm going to go find them, subscribe, make sure that I'm getting it. Because if you can tell, there's been moments here on the podcast where a simple question, we get a deep dive into it. So I can only imagine the information that's provided on different topics that do, do arise out there. Uh, thank you, Harry, again for being here. Everyone, please share, please subscribe, and uh, go reach out to Harry. All right. Thank you so much. It's great to see you. Thank you for listening to The Road to Growth, Success of an Entrepreneur. Please like, subscribe, and stay connected. Visit www.TheEnriquezGroup.com. Yeah, I created a website. Hope to see you again next week. The Enriquez Group, signing off.